Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. Hello listeners, it's January 2023, and we're here recording a podcast about an issue that affects us all. Ghosts? Ghosts that live in the gray. Our movie is called We Live in the Gray. Nope. They, they, what is our movie called? <laughs> our movie is called They Live in the Gray 2022. Yes. I wanted to see a ghost movie. And this was that. This was definitely a ghost movie. For a while during it, I thought it might not be a ghost movie, but yeah. it turned out it was. Yeah. I do feel like we should include a content warning for discussion about suicide. Mm hmm. And, I don't know, harm to children. This was a rough movie to watch. Yeah, there was definitely child abuse going on and all kinds of things. Yeah, it was a ghost movie for sure. I think what I specifically asked for when I was, when you said, like, what should we watch? I was like, let's, let's watch something paranormal-like. And it had the ghosty bits. Like, it had some good, like, ghosts doing weird things. In places and mostly popping out of places and like showing up and yeah. unexpectedly. Kind of a sixth sense thing where they're just like people, but yeah. people who are currently leaking blood or something. Yeah. How it's different from Paranormal Activity is that that movie is a very straightforward like ghost story. That's that's all there is to it. Yeah. There's a ghost. There there's there's Paranormal Activity. One might say, <laughs> in the house. And they have to take care of it. Like, they, they're reacting to it. This was a ghost story with all kinds of real-life trauma. Yeah. And drama. That's something interesting about it, was that it was the story of two different families. And it went really deep into both mm -hmm. of those families and how what's going on with each of them. And they don't really intertwine. They, they interact. But it's not about, you know, ooh, how are these families together? It's just that it's really deep digging deep into the character of both of these families. Right. The main character, Claire, is the intersection between the families. Because yeah. on one side, we're seeing her trying to figure out her new like relationship with her estranged husband after they've lost their son to mm -hmm. an accident. Though we don't really like that. They slowly dribbled that piece of plot line yeah. out. But then she is also a CPS worker. I don't know. I guess I don't know CPS hierarchy yeah. well enough to understand, but basically it sounds like her only job is to go and ask questions and then she's not allowed, like she just needs to submit that information and then someone else decides what to do with it. Like that, yeah, that was specifically like that. said by her boss. Like yeah. you just need to submit it and then it, it's not your business what happens. And I'm like, that's really weird. Yeah, the, the I only mean, it person could be like that. I don't know. The only person who doesn't get to have a say in what's going on is the <laughs> only person who's gone into the house to see what's going on. Yeah. That's weird. Um, if that's how CPS works, I, I'm confused. But she's asked to go, like, see what's going on with this girl who 
her school keeps reporting that she's being abused. Yeah. And so then we're seeing that side and Claire is the vertex of all of that. Right. And we are quickly told that, uh, no, I didn't fall down on my skateboard. Mm -hmm. I got this somehow else that Mm -hmm. I'm not going to elaborate on. Mm -hmm. The mom answered for her very quickly. Mm -hmm. First thing, right off the bat, we see Claire trying to hang herself. It's her son's birthday and her son has died. So she's done. She doesn't want to be in the world anymore. It doesn't work. Like the rope breaks, what have you. And whenever something like that happens, a failed suicide attempt at the beginning of a movie always, always leaves me thinking that that person is dead through the whole movie. Yeah. And there were multiple times where I was like, oh yeah, definitely. She's not alive. And then I'd be like, no, no, I think she is. And then, oh, no, no, she's definitely not alive. Like, it was so, I was so back and forth the whole time. I forgot all about that, but then there were weird scenes, like when she first goes to visit the family as their CPS person, she has to exist because they invite her in and they're like, hi, welcome. But during that visit, she stays, like, literally a room away from the people for the entire, not the whole time, but most of the time. Like, she sits in the living room looking into the dining room where they are. Yeah, almost two rooms away because she's on the far end of the living room and they're on the far, far end of the dining room. It's so weird. It was. There were lots of scenes where there was this vast distance between Claire and the camera. Like, way, the camera would be like way up in the stairwell looking down at her or other things. Yes, there there was a theme of distance. Yes. I don't know what it means, though. So those were often the times where I was like, oh, she's definitely dead. Like that it was showing Uh the distance from the living world that she actually was experiencing. But since she's not dead, then I think it becomes more like esoteric in like um, that it's supposed to be illustrating the emotional distance that she's feeling Mm -hmm. from the rest of the world because of sadness yeah, and grief. That was kind of the vibe I got. Let me dig a little deeper and say that in this movie, there was a lot of focus put on how we see things instead of what we see. And it, mm. as an example of that, when Audrey falls down the stairs, that's shot by literally throwing a camera down the stairs. And we just see the things smashing around, you know, you can't see what's going mm-hmm. on. And it was about how we see, perceive that it put us in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of these distant shots and they, it was how we saw it that mattered more than what was actually being portrayed. Well, that makes me think, so throwing the camera down the stairs to get the shot of Audrey falling down the stairs is like so immediate. It's mm-hmm. you, the viewer, are falling down the stairs. Yeah. And then there's the other shots where it's you, the viewer, are on the far side of a field looking at Claire talking to nothing. Yeah, we did get some of those. Like, it whipsaws back and forth between you are the character and then you are a viewer, but you're like way far away and can't really see any of it. But is that just a general switch or is it that for Claire, we're always distant and for other people, we're not? Mm, I don't know. I'd have to watch it again to it see if there's a pattern. It feels like it because it was so much far away from her. Mm-hmm. Also, she talks to her son on the set of the movie Seven. 
the field for from the end of seven. It's definitely the same one. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I wouldn't know that, but I don't really either, but I know it. It perhaps it has to do with how distant Claire feels at any given moment sure. or how like removed from her emotions or her body or her brain or whatever she is supposed to be in that moment. But I, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was very well done. It, this whole movie had a very artistic, deeper than the average movie kind of feel. I made a note that all the slow zooms and still scenes where like they'd show something that's not even moving, you're just looking at something, that made it seem like something important is happening which I don't know if that bore out in the movie itself, if anything important actually happened, but it gave you that feeling like, oh, this is the thing. But then it wasn't really the thing. It was just her going to the store. Yeah, I it did. I totally agree. I think perhaps rather than it trying to indicate that something important was happening, it was like, these are big emotions. There are yeah. big feelings happening. Which is why we can't get too close. Yeah. I don't know. It was, there definitely were a lot of emotions. They were not experienced the way that I experience my emotions because I'm not one of those people. Like I know that there are a lot of people who, when they, when, when feelings get too big for them, they just remove themselves from the situation. Yeah. I've never, that's not me. I just feel like I am the camera falling down the stairs, right? Like I get yeah. so into them. They're just in my face wrapped around me like a burrito, right? So it was a little difficult for me, especially at first. It got easier as I started to understand like who Claire was and how she responded to things. But at first I was having a really hard time getting into this movie because her reactions to things were not my reactions to things. Yeah. She spent the whole movie sobbing. And it was, I want to say it, it felt excessive. It was realistic and reasonable. But I don't know that I've seen a movie where we had to spend so much time watching someone just in total grief. Yeah. And she was isolated. I mean, okay, here's the other reason mm. why they keep showing her far away. She was isolating. Like, she True. pushed her husband away. She was not interested in interacting with other people at all. And again, that's not how I yeah. <laughs> respond to things like grief and, and loneliness and whatever. But I think, well, I'm not a good judge of it, but I, w I was going to say, I think they did a good job of showing, of representing that trauma response, that way of dealing with your big emotions. But I don't know, because that's not how I do. So I like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. It felt like, I mean, you were, you were feeling this kind of dead inside mm -hmm. emotionlessness mm -hmm. throughout, even, even though, yeah, she was sobbing half the time, but that was also just kind of blanking out and yeah. not doing so hot. Uh, or, or like at night, sleeping in the attic closet. Yeah, where it's safe. I was really confused at first because I thought, like, I guess I didn't understand. There was some scene, and I don't remember if it was a flashback or if he was just there helping her for a minute or what, but, like, the husband was in the house, and then he went to work, and then she went to bed in the closet, and I'm like, <laughs> does he know you sleep in the closet when he's yeah. at work? Like, is this, what is happening? But it turns out he's not there anymore. He's He lives somewhere else. Yeah, and that was another part of you know the artistry of how this movie was put together was it was the whole movie skips around in time a lot mm -hmm. without any warning 
you just kind of have to figure out the context and be like, okay, they're talking to each other, so this is the past. Yes, and very few clues. Like, often movies will use, like, haircuts or uh, yeah. lighting or something to indicate each different time frame. Yeah. This didn't do that at all. No, it was just like, you're going to have to figure out what's going on, which is part of the, I think, part of the, the grief, the, you know, disorientation. You don't yeah. really know what's happening anymore. Honestly, at the end, toward the end, there was a a moment where I was like, wait, things have been so out of order, and I haven't necessarily noticed when they've been out mm-hmm. of order that I don't think I understand how the plot of this movie actually went. And then I was like, wait, is her son already dead? Is she having premonition? Like, Ooh. for a minute, I was like, is she going to hit her kid? Like, is she the one? I, I don't know. There were so many possibilities where something could have happened to then... And then I would have gone back and realized that a scene that I thought was the past or the present was something other than what I thought. Yes. There is probably a movie like that, and I would love to see it. But there is a video game like that. I won't say the name because it's luckily I don't remember it. Hmm. But I played this game, and it was really cool because you're playing through these events and heading towards this apocalyptic situation. And occasionally you'd have flashbacks and play a flashback level. And then as it goes along, you realize that the present is actually the future and those are the premonitions and the flashbacks are now. And so you can change what's going to happen because you're in the now, not in the future. It's pretty cool. For some reason, it makes me think about 12 Monkeys. Did 12 Monkeys have a thing too where like you didn't realize where things were? I don't know. It was definitely confused about what was what because i think because it like the timeline kept changing i don't know i don't remember i don't know either that movie i watched that movie when i was very young not very young but like maybe early teens i think young enough that i didn't understand the movie really but old enough that i was able to follow what was happening in the movie but not really get yeah what it all meant now i had just it's just like this weird jumble but i was just like Brad Pitt and there were a bunch of animals so anyway it's all like 12 monkeys is just all jam- jumbled up in my brain because it's just a bunch of like very memorable scenes but i don't actually have them in the right <laughs> we order we should watch <laughs> it and we could put it in the right order we should would that be considered a horror movie i don't think so but i don't know i'd have to check imdb because that's the official resource oh i think i had imdb open because i was looking at who was in it officially it is mystery sci-fi thriller so no also officially it came out in 1995 so i would have the youngest i possibly could have been was 17 and then I feel like I probably should have understood this movie I better. Mean, you thought you understood it. You thought that's you knew true. it better than anybody. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure that's true. I am sure. You probably built your whole life around it. Oh, no, no. The movie I built my whole life around when I was a teenager because I thought I understood it better than anyone else possibly could. Was Babes in Toyland? No, shut up. That's a Christmas movie. Oh, well, I figured it would be a Christmas movie. No. (laughs) Natural Born Killers. Right. I remember that your life is based on that. When we went around killing all those people, that was because of that. Yeah. No, and I, now I look back and I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> Teenage yeah. me was a little angsty. Yeah. <laughs> Teenage me. Good thing I grew out of that. That is great. <laughs> I'm glad you're better now. <laughs> so, okay. 
We've talked about things we liked about this movie. It's clear there were things that were done well. Can we talk about a few things that I didn't like? Yes, we can. Good. First of all, this child, I don't have a problem with the child lying about what's happening to them because I think abused children do that. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what she was doing was lying to protect her mom who was abusing her. And maybe I'm talking myself out of not liking this right in this moment. (laughs) But it bothered me that she was like, okay, I'm going to tell you the truth. A ghost hurt me. And it's like, okay. And then later it turns out, nope, the ghost was protecting her. And how did she not figure that out? How did did that girl not know? Did she say the ghost did it? I thought she just said it wasn't from skateboarding and that was all we got. (sighs) Maybe that's, what that's the case. And Claire just like made a whole bunch of assumptions because Claire sees right. dead people all the time. Yeah, very much. She she sees dead people because it's the totally the same as that. But yeah, that's what I thought the deal was. Okay. Okay. So it's a perfect movie. It's fine. But here's the thing. I do have another problem with it. Uh-huh. And again, maybe we'll talk through it and we'll figure it out. But Claire sees the ghost at the house and she tells the parents she is met for the very first time that day that yeah. she sees a ghost and that she believes them when they say a ghost is hurting their family. Yeah. And they're just like, finally, someone to believe us. While at the same time, they all know that it's the mom who's hurting the daughter. They did. But also, the ghostly manifestations in their house were so blatant that I have a totally different problem with this. But, like, they'd be having dinner and a glass would just slide across the table. So they're like, they know there's a ghost. There's no question. No, I'm not saying that they, I'm not saying that they would, that they shouldn't know the ghost exists. I'm saying that when you know you or your wife has been abusing your child and CPS shows up and you tell CPS, it's a ghost that's doing it. And the CPS lady is like, I fully believe you. Tell me more. And they're like, right. They're just like, oh, we got away with that. Like I would have been thinking, no way, ma'am. I am not telling you anything. You need to get out of my house. Like, I don't understand why they were just so like, oh, finally, someone who believes us. Like, I guess we can let our hair down now. Well, okay. On a related note to that, when they first were telling her about the ghost in their house, the dad said, we thought it was harmless at first. And he's referring to objects sliding across the room on their own. Like, admittedly, maybe they were small objects. They weren't going to do a lot of damage. But that's not harmless. That's stuff moving on its own. You leave the house. I mean, Casper the Friendly Ghost. Not real. That's a cartoon. I mean, I, I think I understand what he means. I get your point, but we're looking at it from the perspective of people who don't live in a haunted house or don't live in a horror movie that we don't but honestly i mean i don't know i wouldn't mind having a ghost who just like dennis moved exactly (laughs) exactly how nice would it be to have a dennis who would like turn off the lights if i forget to turn the lights off before i get into bed and stuff totally that would be harmless but he might like flicker the lights and be like yeah that would be annoying Uh uh-huh I'd have words with Dennis at that point. Ghosts but are a problem. I think, like, they, they, for him to say at first, 
they were harmless. I guess that's before their daughter was starting to get hurt or whatever, you know, before the ghost like slammed mom's hand down on a knife <laughs> yes. at the dinner table. I mean, clearly he changed his tune at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But I just I just do not understand the idea of saying we thought it was harmless. It's like that alligator right next to me. It's not biting me, so I it it's was harmless. harmless. Yeah. Did you have a time at some point in the movie where you thought it was just going to be like Munchausen by proxy, by ghost, like not by ghost, but like in the form of a haunting, like that she wasn't actually mm. haunted. She was pretending to be haunted so that she could get attention through her daughter. Oh, I don't think that was my direction. My, I made a note that I wondered if the daughter was using psychic powers mm. to protect herself from her mom. Mm. So like the whole getting... Her mom getting stabbed with the knife was Mm -hmm. just the girl doing that to her mom. Mm -hmm. But, you know, eventually we were interacting with the uh, spinning wheel ghost all the time. And I'm like, okay, that's just a ghost. It was the knife that made me go, oh, I don't think that's actually what's happening. Because that was pretty intense. Mm -hmm. Like, I couldn't picture her doing that to herself. I don't know. It just, there were a lot of possibilities throughout this movie. Yeah. And I was way more... They left it open till, till... Towards the end. They didn't like leave it for you to figure out. They explained it, but right, to- right. until you got towards the end. And I'll be open. honest, I was way more interested in figuring out what exactly was happening and whether there was a ghost or not and who the ghost was trying to get and not trying to get. That I was super into. All the melodrama around Claire and her husband and her dead boy, like, <laughs> I didn't really care. <laughs> wow, solely. <laughs> Maybe this it was is all being this recorded for everyone to hear. <laughs> because very quickly on, I was like, okay, so you guys had a kid, the kid's dead, now you're sad, and <laughs> you are having trouble in your marriage because you're all having feelings. Okay, I get it. Like, I don't need you to explain it. That's not an interesting <laughs> story. I feel like you're doing a great job of making yourself seem much more sympathetic. <laughs> Okay, get over your kid. <laughs> no, it's it's not that I don't understand the story. It's that it's not an interesting story. And it's a story that's told so many times yeah. that I, there was nothing. And even by the end, aside from the fact that she could see dead people, there was nothing unique or interesting about that particular piece of the story. Like there are so many stories out there where mm-hmm. a couple loses a child and then their marriage falls apart. Yeah, that's like, so standard. All over. And I was thinking the ghost thing was going to be the interesting thing because her kid died and then that's when she started seeing ghosts. But that's it, what I thought too. But then they went and took that away and she's like, I've seen them my whole life. And I'm like, then why are you being so melodramatic <laughs> about this? I mean, here's what I will say. I'm writing for this movie. Okay. I'm saying that the manifestations got much stronger and more dangerous and terrifying because she was so traumatized and broken at that point. So the ghosts earlier in her life were probably much more reasonable. And this was where it was really like, wow, now they're like coming to get me. She was getting injured actually by the ghosts because they kind of interacted like regular people. Yes. Okay. And I just realized... I was looking at my notes and I just realized there was a piece that I was forgetting. Oh, there is a connection 
because she was messed up by all the ghosts that she saw and she took medication to dull it and that made her fall asleep. So her kid decided to walk home from school and got hit by a car. So really the fact that she sees ghosts is why her kid died. Yeah. But also let's not forget the redemption arc of the whole movie, which is that she throws her pills away embraces dealing with all the dead people and therefore deals with her dead child actually talks to him and lets him go. Yes. I did think that they did like, I liked the apex of the story, like the realization that she was going to have to go and interact with her son. And I think for me, one of the things I liked about it was that I hadn't realized that she hadn't seen her son until she, you know, he like showed up in the attic at that yeah. point. And, but I think that she had been like blocking him somehow or resistant to seeing him yeah. in some way. And so then for her to decide, okay, I'm going to confront my grief. I'm going to face it head on and deal with it rather than hiding in the attic closet and taking sleeping pills. Between that and some of the other ghosts that she deals with, there's an element of, I mean, there's the traditional ghosts are here because they got unfinished business and she's trying to solve that kind of thing. But also it felt like there was a thing in this movie of it's not the ghosts holding themselves to the earth. It's the other people, the people who won't let them go, the mm. living people who are you know clinging to them and that she had to let go mm-hmm. and be like, okay, it's I can deal with this now. I don't know. I mean, I think maybe there's an element of that or that like her set, it is still the ghost unfinished business, but that unfinished business is often related to the emotions of the living, like that her son saw how broken she was and didn't want to leave her alone. And then, you know, she was like, no, she decided to be the grown up in the relationship. And she's like, I'm okay. I liked that resolution at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How did you like the resolution of the story of Giles and Audrey and their daughter, Sophie, and the whole, like, the whole idea that Audrey was torturing her daughter because Giles had cheated on her, like, ten years ago? (laughs) I mean, she was obviously unstable. Yeah, I mean, she was nuts, and she was going to kill her daughter at this point in order to punish him. Right. She was so mad when he died because he was supposed to suffer. Like, that's what she says. (laughs) Yeah, that was extreme. He was supposed to suffer. Like, she didn't mean to shoot him. She wanted to shoot the girl Mm -hmm. so that her husband would suffer. Yeah, that's when she was too much of a villain. Like, it Mm -hmm. would have been nice if it was like, no, I love you. Like, I I wanted to keep you. I just wanted to teach you a little lesson by shooting this insignificant other person. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, too much of a villain is the perfect way to put it. When she did that, I was like, now it's like cartoon yeah. character. Like she's well, gonna start skinning Dalmatians. And after that, she's like chasing after uh, Claire like a Terminator, and she, you know, mm. she's mm-hmm. unstoppable killing machine. Mm-hmm. And that was continuing the too much of a villain problem. Mm-hmm. I don't think they had to go that far to make this story. Yeah, agreed. I will also say that I don't know if this portrayal is accurate, as I have not had to do this sort of thing myself, thankfully. But as shown in this movie, the funeral business is disgusting. Like, just awful. I hate it. Yes. 
Well, and I don't even think he was that bad. Like, I think that was a portrayal of just a guy doing the job, right? It's gross. Like, here are your options. He wasn't... I think there are lots of movies and shows and possibly in real life where they're like, well, you want to put it... You want want her to be comfortable, right? Like, you need to buy the big expensive one. Yeah. You want to protect your little girl or little boy or whatever. And he wasn't doing anything gross like that. But yeah. yeah... But it was just so, it's just things that you don't want to be thinking about that you, it's like, I'll give you a minute to think about it. And he comes back in 30 seconds. It's mm-hmm. like, so what do you think? So you decided what kind of wood you would like for the casket yet? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. And those aren't know. decisions that anybody needs to make. They're pointless. Like just, yeah, give me standard situation. Let's go. I was having the same reaction. Like, I was looking at that and I'm like, maybe it would be different if I were actually in the moment. But all I can think is like, why would I spend so much money on fancy anything that's going to be buried in the ground? Yeah. I can't think of anybody in my life who I would be making those decisions for who would want me to do that, first of all. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, yeah, I don't understand it. I mean, I know I know that other people have different feelings about that, and I that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. I just don't get it at all. I cannot relate. Yeah. What I have a problem with is the other side of it, the, the selling of it, which, I mean, it's hard to explain how it could be done differently, but it's just so callous. And even if they're not doing anything wrong, they're still preying on your grief, basically, you know, whether they mean to or not. I mean, not. profiting off of your grief, They're perhaps. definitely profiting. Um, I didn't feel like this guy was preying no, on No, he them, wasn't but... doing anything wrong, but just yeah. the natural right way to do it is disgusting. Well, and it did make me think, like, I feel like the mortuary business should have more, and maybe it does, and I just don't know anything about it, but, like, I, I think if you're going to be in that business, you also need to take a bunch of psychology classes yeah. on how to deal with people in that intense grief. Yeah. And this guy had not taken those classes. No. For sure. Yeah, I think that's a major part of it is if it was somebody who was, you know, very much trying to guide you through instead of sell you something. Mm -hmm. I imagine, though, there are people, too, in that situation who don't want a stranger to get emotionally involved with it and would appreciate just like, here are your options. What do you want? Yep, I can do that for you. I thought it was interesting that the husband, you know, Claire and her husband both they were kind of showing the two sides of that. And like they went in as a couple to deal with this and Claire couldn't like, she just couldn't, she couldn't make a decision. She couldn't stop crying. She literally could not be there. But then her husband was there. Like he was being the go between like he, you could see that he felt like he had to hold it together so that Mm -hmm. he could, respond to this guy's questions and he could take care of Claire and like he was not being allowed to or given space to process his grief or feel his grief or maybe that was how he did it I don't know it just it was interesting to see the two different sides of that yeah I and then it made me wonder like who would I be in that moment you'd be that guy you think so the husband (laughs) probably yeah I think so too I would not be no you wouldn't (laughs) sorry yeah can we talk about the ghosts a little bit what do you want to know about the ghosts? Well, so I was taking notes each time she met a ghost, and I just thought they were interesting ghost choices. There's the yelling old lady ghost. Oh, there's the Bruce Willis ghost with the slit throat. 
Yeah. He looked a lot like Bruce Willis. <laughs> I see. There was the hungry homeless guy ghost. Yeah. I thought it was funny that she ran through her house slamming all of the doors behind her. She had a lot of doors in a row. Yeah. For she some did. reason. That happens in horror movies a lot, and that is not how any house ever is designed. Then there was the confused ghost cop, who I thought was interesting. That was interesting, yeah. And, like, showed the type of ghost who's, like, confused, like, doesn't know that they're dead yet, and, like... Yeah, and they're like, what's going on? Yeah, Why is she was it like, like, did this? you do this to me? And, you know, was really yeah. upset. There was the cold-humming Lucas ghost. That was the first time her son showed up. Then there was the spinning lady ghost who ended up being the one who was protecting Sophie. Yeah. The mouth bleeding hospital ghost. Yeah. Just kind of, just Just a scare scene. Just to stop her from going down a hallway. Yeah. And then there was the mom and the baby ghost in the morgue. Oh, yeah. And the mom had clearly like hemorrhaged while giving birth. Yeah. And the baby was in one of the drawers in the morgue. And that was like a revelation moment to me. I have never seen that. Like, how horrific. That's horrific. Like, they're all horrific. But this woman dies giving birth. And then in the afterlife, her baby who also died is just crying for her forever. And she can't do anything about it. Unless Claire gets it together and starts moving these ghosts on, which is her job. Yes. And by the end of the movie... It definitely felt like the whole movie had been like a long, elaborate pilot episode for a series where Claire goes around helping ghosts move on. Yeah, totally. But one of those really dramatic shows where she and her husband are getting together and then falling apart and getting (laughs) together and falling apart constantly. Oh my gosh. It could be called Grey's Mortuary. This movie did a lot of things well. For one thing, I really liked how diverse the cast was. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of good representation. I think realistic representation. Like they weren't diverse because they needed <laughs> diversity. They were yeah. just people. I thought, like we talked about earlier, the choices made in terms of camera use and lighting and all of that you know, stuff that makes a movie was really well done. I thought it was well thought out. I thought... There was depth to it. Like, there was Mm -hmm. meaning that you could get from it. The acting was good. There was just a lot of really good about this movie. I should be scoring it high. But on the other hand, I, like I said, I kind of didn't care about big (laughs) chunks of it. Yeah. And I'm not sure why, other than, you know, I said it wasn't original. I don't know. It just, it didn't quite hook me. And I don't know if it was that I just wasn't in the mood for so much drama um and i just wanted jump scares but it just didn't quite do it for me so i am going to give this movie three gloriumptious points out of five and i think there would be other people who would give it higher scores this is not a a judgment on the quality of this movie i think Mm -hmm. it just didn't do it for me yeah, well, there are other people who would give it higher scores. I'm going to give it three and a half gloriumptious points out of five. And I feel similar to you that it was very, uh, I think it's one of the most artistic movies mm-hmm. we've seen, at least in this year. Mm-hmm. 
really put together and so much thought went into how every shot was done and how it was composed and even the writing i think also the the plot was cleverly constructed and Mm -hmm. told in a great way it just didn't quite pull me into being that interested so like really a great movie that i didn't care about that much yeah And your point about the plot is absolutely right. Like this was a very complicated plot with the two different families and all the things that went into it. And, you know, it like released information at a reasonable pace. Mm -hmm. I never felt overly confused by what was going on. And it was misleading you and Mm -hmm. sending you down different directions. Mm -hmm. So that was good. So, yeah, I I cannot put my (laughs) finger on why it didn't work for me then because it had a lot of things that normally... I really like. Yeah. And I, mine's a 3.5 because it did work for me. It just wasn't super interesting. It was just good. Yeah, cool. Find the horror of a world gone mad. This week's hot political tip is a reminder that much like Claire discovered, just because things are really, really bad doesn't mean they can't get better. Things can't change. So... In the political world, you know, I spend a lot of time talking to people about how unhappy they are and how scared they are and how terrible things are and how dark the future looks. And these things are all true and real. And I'm not, I don't want to invalidate any of that. I feel those things too. And if I let myself focus on those things too much, then my motivation goes away because if darkness is all we have to look forward to, like what's the point, right? Like that's that's a very hard place to fight from. And so I choose to think about the possibilities and what could happen. And then I can think about what do I need to do to make those possibilities more likely. So Uh, You know, like Claire, as she was going through and she was throwing out her pills and she was going and saying her goodbyes to her son and she was just generally cleaning up her life and getting her act together, it made it so she could go on. And that's, that's that. I think that's an important reminder. That does not mean things aren't bad. Mm -hmm. But much like Obama's campaign, you have to focus on hope or you have to remember, you have to have hope. That something could be better. Yeah, if you don't, then there wouldn't be anything to work for. Exactly. So let's all try to make the world a better place. Yay! And it'll be just that much better next week when we watch another exciting, scary, scary movie. Scary, scary movie. Bye, everybody. Bye. Don't forget to call your elected representatives. Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting. Moo! I did that just for you. (laughs) I know.